Eagles Entertainment. I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's mark at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hi, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. As we get ready for the Eagles and the Cowboys Sunday primetime game at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. First place on the line in the NFC East. We have a great podcast for you. We'll hear from head coach Doug Peterson, Akeem Spence, an Eagles defensive tackle here. Seven years in the league. Interesting story. His journey through Tampa Bay, Miami, and now Philadelphia. And then the great Ike Reese, former Eagles linebacker, and now the drive-time host at WIP in Philadelphia, talks about this rivalry and the Eagles at 3-3. Three and three. But let's get to some news of the week. A banged-up Philadelphia Eagles team coming into this one. Still unsure on the status of left tackle Jason Peters, linebacker Nigel Bradham, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Cornerback Jalen Mills back on the field at practice. The Eagles have a 21-day window. And we'll hear from Peterson in just one moment talking about Jalen and his status as well as Deshaun Jackson. So let's get to that first. Head coach Doug Peterson reeling a little bit after that loss to the Minnesota Vikings. A little insight into his mindset with the team behind closed doors and to the public in front of the cameras. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the NovaCare Complex. Eagles coming off a tough loss in Minnesota, Dallas week. We got a lot of things going on here. Coach, how do you, how do you prioritize this, this week? I, I sit here and look at us at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, We're tied, you know, first place in the NFC East with a chance to be first in, in the NFC East. So, you know, everything's right in front of us. And, and we've got some things we've got to clean up. We've got to be a little more disciplined in all three phases uh, in what we're doing. And, and, and so it's, it, starts, it starts with our practice on Wednesday and our preparation uh, against a good football team who's also kind of in the same situation we are, who's lost a couple games here uh, lately. And uh, uh, it's going to be a really good, really good football game. You never get too high. You never get too low. That's, is that coaching 101? It is in this business. Uh, you know, I mean, you can your emotions can be all over the place. Um, but but the, but the teams, and I think the the ones that kind of keep their emotions in in, in check, and and uh, you obviously you got to take the the good with the bad, and, and vice versa. Um, and, and you just keep working. You just keep trying to get better each day. And 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 you know, our goal is 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 still to go one and zero. You know, mm-hmm. each week, and and that'll never change. And yet, the, the game in Minnesota was disappointing. Uh, did not expect it to go that way. And. Boy, the way the team came back in the third quarter, you're sitting right there. You feel like the whole momentum is going, and then Minnesota puts it away. When you watch the film here, what did you take away from the game? You take away a couple things. Uh, first one is just what you mentioned, the fact that we battled and, and, and the guys didn't quit. They played, they played a full 60-minute game, great effort in that football game. Uh, so, so I credit the team for that. The second thing is there's, there's, enough, there's enough little things that are, that are getting us beat, uh, detailed things, communication on defense, uh, execution on offense, um, you know, a, a, a mishap on a couple of special teams plays in the games, in the in the game. So you know, those are all things that are coachable, that are teachable, um, and and we just got to get better. We got to we got to you know sort of slow it down. You know, um, go back and, and really fine tune and go back and watch this tape with our players. Make these corrections. Be hard. Hold each other accountable. Just like you know, uh, hold me accountable uh, for some of the decisions that I've made. 
and and we got to learn from it and move on and, and get better. Obviously, you'd love to play with a lead. It makes a difference. The way this team plays with a lead is the way every team plays with a lead. Different thing. On Sunday, 24-3, you're down, boom, like that. And it changed the, the way you could, you could play. And you get asked a lot, how do you, how do you change that? Well, I, I look at it, and I look at the way we start. I, I've even looked at, you know, maybe we take the ball to start the game and, and not defer, you know, put our offense out there, see if we can get our offense in a rhythm. Maybe we can get that, that quick touchdown early in the first quarter and, and, and play, play with the lead. And, and it's hard in this league. When you get down 10 to, 10 to nothing, or, or in this case, we are down 17 to 3, then 24 to 3, it's really hard. It does get you out of your game plan just a little bit, and you start doing some things. You know, you start pressing a little bit. You're trying to find that big play. Where's that chunk play going to come from? And and yet we we were able to get us get us back into the game. I mean, we were back 24-20, and and uh, really thought we had some momentum with about six minutes to go in the third quarter there um, in the game Sunday. But you know, I've looked at the way we've started games, um, and and so you know, um, you know, I, maybe it's two minute. Maybe we start no huddle. Maybe, I know there's maybe no we start answer. with the ball. There's there is no, no answer. answer. Yeah. But but we've got to have that sense of urgency. Uh, and, and to me, it starts in practice. The way we start practice, it's got to start there. And so those are also things that I look at. Doug, Andre Dillard played at left tackle quite a bit on Sunday. How did he play? He played okay. I mean, he did play like a rookie. Um, and now, listen, he's, he's going against a, a, a tremendous defensive end uh, there, number 97, Everson Griffith there for the for the Vikings, and he's a, he's a great player. Um, and, and he did some good things. Um, you know, we're excited about Andre. He's going to get better the more he's out there. Um, and, and so we'll see. We, we keep incorporating him during the week of practice. Uh, and, and the thing is with, with Andre, he, he's always ready to go. He's, he's, he's prepared mentally, um, and now we just got to get the physical part to take over. What do you see from the wide receiver group as a whole? As a whole, not bad. Not bad. Um, you know, can we be better? Yeah, we can be better. There were some, some route discipline, some details in routes. We got we to gotta get a little bit stronger at the top of the route. Uh, we felt like maybe there were some penalties that could, but, you know, hey, listen, that's yep. football. That's the way it goes. We got to be better at the top of these routes. We got to create some separation. Um, and then we got we to catch the ball. We got to do a better job, you know, catching the ball. But overall, um, you know, pretty pretty decent, and we were able to get behind the defense a couple times. We we missed a couple of deep throws, so that's that's encouraging as well. Let's kind of explain this to people because I know how everybody out there feels about the Eagles' tough loss in Minnesota. A lot of criticism out there. The head coach, while you're saying very positive things, I know that deep inside, and your message to the team is, hey, we have to be better than the way we are playing. So the public image of Doug Peterson is it different than what's happening? Behind closed doors, in some ways, I mean, there's got to be some some differences in how yeah, you approach I'm not, it. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna air my laundry, you know, in, in the media, and I'm not gonna go, uh, you know, stand in front of a, the the media in my press conferences or or here and, and, and bash the football team. That's that's just not what we do. We we got to keep encouraging. We got to keep working. In our meetings, we can make corrections. We can be firm, and we can we can be honest with our players. We're honest with ourselves as coaches, and and we got to look at ourselves in a mirror first before we can make those you know decisions with our players. But yeah, we're gonna hold them accountable as well. They're the ones out there playing and, and executing the offense, defense, and the special teams plan. So, you know, I, I, I'm presenting a, 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 it's not as bad as what people may, you know, the sky's not falling. I mean, it's it's really close. We're only six games into this season with with a chance to be first place in the NFC East. And right. and last time I checked, if you end up first, you're in the postseason. So right. um, we, we, got, we got some good ball ahead of us. And your level of confidence in this football team? Is high. It's extremely high because we still got, we got great players. We got players that are coming back. You know, from injury here, hopefully this week, next week. 
Um, we, we, we should be, you know, maybe by the bye week, maybe we're more back to full strength than, than, than when we started the season. But, yeah, so I'm encouraged by that. Injuries, you mentioned a group of players. Are there players you can mention right now who – have a chance of coming back this week? Well, you know, Jalen Mills has been a guy that's been working extremely hard. Uh, we're going to get him some practice reps this week. We're going to see where he's at at the end of the week, and, and if he's if, he, if he's able to play in this football game, I, I think that's that's a positive for our defense. You know, we get Ronald Darby possibly back this week, and we're going to integrate him back into practice this week. So, you know, we're starting to get these guys healthy and and, and getting them back out there, and and that's what we got to have. We got to get everybody on board. Uh, you know, we got to get our players healthy, and and we're getting close. When people watch these games on television or in person they see a big play made the cornerbacks are the ones who are literally out there on the island and they are the ones who I give Rasul and Sydney credit they stood up to the media on Sunday they answered the questions um, how do you handle young players who are going through some up and down times well you just got to keep encouraging them and you got to keep putting them out there and and sometimes you know sometimes I, I know you can just you know people want to say hey let's go make a change let's go get Corner X or corner Y or corner Z to bring it, it just doesn't work that way in our league. I mean, you gotta you gotta give stuff up to get a player, and 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 it's it's uh, probably easier said than done. But we got to keep encouraging. We got to keep putting our players out there. We got to keep correcting them, and we got to keep giving them confidence. And that's that's the biggest thing. And the more more confidence they get and have, then then the better they're gonna play. And and they're still young. You gotta you gotta realize these are you know third year fourth year players that are still kind of learning this game just a little bit and, and, and how they fit into the scheme and, and understanding their strengths and weaknesses. So, um, you know, we got to stay positive with them and uh, we got to keep coaching them. End of the first half on Sunday, Jake Elliott becomes a, a passer. Uh, looking at the film, Minnesota just kind of saw it, sniffed it out, and covered it? Well, they saw the direct snap to Jake, obviously. Um, when you go back and look at the, the, the previous field goal, um, they gave us the, the same look we thought. In, in practice that they were going to get after after watching them during the week, um, and and so the the second time down we said you know what let's if it's there let's let's go ahead and take advantage of it and, and they gave us the same look and it was the the look to to, to do the fake and and uh, you know the number forty one the safety was was right there he did sniff it out and and was able to cover Dallas and um, you know just unfortunate but a, but a, you know a good play by by the Vikings first place in the NFC East on the line Sunday in Dallas. What are the Cowboys? What's happening with that football team? Three and zero. Everybody talking about them like they're the best team in the league, and they lose three straight games. Another illustration of how crazy this NFL is. What's happening with the Dallas Cowboys? You know, and and, and I'm not concerned with the Dallas Cowboys as much as I am for the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and we got our own concerns and things we got to fix. But I know they've had some injury on offense. The two tackles, the wide receiver now is, is injured. But you know, this is still a good football team. It's a tremendous defense. We understand that. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott's still there running back, and, and he's a powerful, you know, we've had issues with him trying to get him on the ground. Uh, still a good football team, and, and, and they're kind of in the same situation we are. And, and so, you know, they're going to come out with their best effort as, as, as like us. And, and we're on the road again. Again, we're in Dallas, Sunday night football. It's going to be a great atmosphere, great stage for our players. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, it should be a great one. Dallas yeah. Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night. Let's beat the Cowboys and get to first place in the NFC East and then Get on a roll. That's what you That's want to do, right? Head, head coach Doug Peterson, thanks for joining us. When we return to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, in the studio, new Eagles defensive tackle, Akeem Spence. Have you ever seen a 300-pounder on the ski slopes? Well, let's talk about it here when Akeem Spence visits us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Eagles stop them once. Can they stop them again? Can they stop them again? 
It'll be fourth down and one. And, and Switzer's going to go for it again. I think Switzer should be punting here. I wish you were punting here. He's got a lot of confidence in his offensive line. Can they do it again? They Watch. could pass, too, to Novacek, who's in motion. Here we go, fourth down. They give it to Smith, and they stop him again! They stop him again! And this time, they can't take it away from the Eagles. The same play. It's Groundhog Day! It's Groundhog Day! They did it again! Uh, we are back here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group Insider Dave Spadaro. With Akeem Spence, who I, I do not know Akeem Spence, so this is going to be a good conversation. Akeem, new to the Philadelphia Eagles, seven years in the league. Uh, how's Philadelphia treating you? It's been treating me well, man. Uh, nice city, good team, good football team, yeah. and uh, good food so far, man. No complaints. And you've never been on a winning team? I uh, had a couple of winning seasons, but... Yeah. Uh, not a team that is yeah, going to be yeah, contending. Yeah, yeah, no, talking about playoff team, no. Does I it, so I think, I think fans, there are some fans out there who believe that players really don't care about winning games. Now, you tell me, is it better to be on a winning team or a team that you know has got no shot? Oh, man, come on. That, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's an easy answer. Obviously, on a winning team, man. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, so seventh year in the NFL, fourth-round draft pick, 100th overall by Tampa Bay. Uh, that must have been a thrill, right? Florida guy getting drafted by Tampa Bay. What was that like? What was the experience? <laughs> is, the, is draft day the best day of, of a young man's life? I believe so, man. Getting that phone call and just having the, uh, just for me, the opportunity to go back to, back to Florida and play, that was like a dream come true, honestly. Well, just, where were you? What kind of party did you have? Uh, I was just actually at home with my, uh, my two younger brothers and my, uh, my dad and my mom and just honestly just sitting down waiting on the call, just being a nervous wreck, you know. <laughs> I, I bet you were. Now, why did you go to Illinois? Thirty, uh, uh, you were a highly rated kid. What, Illinois doesn't exactly have a great <laughs> football rich tradition. Why Illinois? Coach Ron Zook, man. Him oh, and Coach yeah. Dish, you know, they're uh, great recruiters, man. I came in, uh, sold me, sold my dad and everybody in on Illinois, and it, you know, it turned out well, man. How? What? What? What, what was the sales pitch? Ah, uh, you know, uh, he can come in, he can play early, and just, you know, and we'll always take care of him. And, and me and Coach Zip, we got, got a relationship where I'm still able to text him, and it's just been like a lifetime bond, honestly. Akeem, one of the great things that I've seen in your bio here, you graduate, you have your degree in communications. Yes, sir. Why was that so important? Uh, I mean, because... That, that was my whole purpose for going to school, getting an education and obviously getting my degree and just uh, being able to attain it so early. I mean, that was a great thing and a no-brainer, honestly. Name one class that you took in, that, that you remember. Of, we are all communications majors <laughs> in this building. Uh, obviously, uh, Com 101. <laughs> I mean, did, you, did you think maybe you had a change? Like, were you interested in being on? You're a good-looking guy. You're well-spoken. Were you going to be in front of the camera in the, in the, if football did not work out? Yeah, I always wanted to be an analyst, man. People always told me I had a face for TV and a smile mm -hmm. for TV, and I, uh, and I speak really well. So, I mean, just doing that and just, just getting the opportunity to do interviews after football games and always being in front of the camera, I said, like, why not? Yeah, you know, would you, not would you consider that after football's over? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever done the boot camp? The, they do that at Wharton School here. Yeah, I, uh, every time I signed up for it, we end up getting a new head coach having to come in <laughs> early in April, so never got a chance to actually attend. It is Your, your football career has been very interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, as I look through the bio, let's see, Tampa Bay for four years, mm -hmm. uh, Detroit, Miami, and now Philadelphia. Right. Along the lines there, uh, you kneeled for the national anthem, mm -hmm. which was obviously a national story. Mm -hmm. uh, you were suspended for a game as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been released. You've been traded. Um, Describe life in the NFL. 
It's just, I take it one day at a time, yeah. man, honestly. And uh, he says with a huge smile on his face, <laughs> you have to, though. You have to, man, you know, uh, and, you know, just like this been, this past time being my first time being cut, it's like you, you never can take it for granted. And, you know, I actually sat at opening, opening week this year at home, you know, watching it from home. So that was a first for me as well. So it's just like you can never take this game for granted. At what point did you realize that, Akeem? Did people, because I, I think, you know, again, the fans think that once you get it in the NFL, you got it made in the shade the rest of your life. Nah, nah. And as I've, and I, you have no idea who I am. I've been here f from night from the 1980s. And you did, I see all these young people come through, and, and the young guys, the ones who understand that it's a business really quickly are the ones who last the longest. It is not a joyride here. You're not here for the fl fame, the glory. You're here to make money while you can. It's a limited lifestyle, uh, time frame to make money. And if you, if you attack it the right way, you're going to be here for a long time. Absolutely. Is it, did, did anybody ever tell you this? Like, any guidance did you get early on? Or did you have to figure out yourself? Uh, I mean, just listen to some of the vets talk, you know. Uh, like, I had Gerald McCoy when I was in Tampa. Uh, obviously, uh, in Detroit, I had Haloti. So, I learned from a uh, lot of yeah. the uh, veteran guys that had been in the league a while and just asked them things that, you know, that they did to be successful. And you just kind of mimic that. And then, you know, you just learn about the uh, football business aspect as you're in it. And you just, you know, you got to learn what you got to do day in and day out. Yeah, and what is that? Be on time? Yeah, be on time, show up for work, you know, don't be a problem guy. And, you know, if you go out there and do your job, execute, then, you know, you always have a job in this league. Isn't that but, interesting? Yeah, man. And that's what all young people should should kind of Just be on time. Yeah, hey, easier said than done. Be on time. It is easier said. <laughs> so what did you do the first week of the season? Did you, you watch it at home? Were you in, a, uh, in an area where you could actually enjoy watching football? Or was it torture for you? It was a little bit of, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a little bit of both, but I was just actually at home in Fort Lauderdale and just, you know, just getting to actually have a weekend off and just watch some football games and just cheer on my, my former teammates and friends and just, you know, just kind of watch them and then, you know. One week later, I'm here. Was it a blow to your confidence, Akeem, to get to get released by the by the Dolphins too, who were not didn't exactly have bright prospects yeah, going into the season? Uh, no, nah, I mean that it was just you know they were going in a different directions, and you seen the direction that they were going in, so it was kind of understandable. But at the same time, it just you know you you never want to go out that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, well, you didn't go out. You sat out a week and you came back to Philadelphia. <laughs> so how has it been in Philly? I know you have a, a history with Jim in this defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, how has the fit been as, as far as you can tell? Yeah, it's been good so far, man. Just coming in, uh, actually, you know, just learning the playbook in a couple of days, just learning everybody's terminology and just like going out to play Sunday night uh, in Atlanta. It's, it's been fun, man. Just just coming in, learning the guys, learning my teammates and just just wanting to fit in well and not make this defense miss a beat when I'm out there on the field, just going out there doing my job day in and day out. When you arrive in Philadelphia, what exactly do you bring? Like, do you bring a lot of, do you bring suitcases full of things? I actually just brought one suitcase, man, you know, because I came here on a, uh, a tryout and a workout and, you know, happened to get signed, so it's like... So literally, you <laughs> have, how much you, what, what position, what, what, if you go out for dinner, what are you wearing? A, a, a Vans t-shirt and a... Pretty yeah, much, yeah. Probably or and some sweat, yeah, yeah. Probably some sweatpants, or uh, I might take my eagle hoodie or something out. Just something real simple, man. Wow, real simple point. life right now. Yeah. Man. Are you living in, a, in an apartment, in yeah, a hotel, or an apartment? Apartment. Okay. Are you in the city? In the city? No, I'm actually um, not too far from the facility. So okay, it's, it's it's I'm really close. How is Philadelphia, from what you can tell, as a football culture, and compared to other cultures that are good cultures? Tampa Bay's got a nice football culture. Mm -hmm. When game days, around game days, mm -hmm. it's it's big time down there. Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit. It's been tough because they don't haven't been winning. Yeah. Miami's uh, totally different. Weather. Yeah, very fair weather uh, at best. Mm -hmm. How's Philly? 
Man, Philly Philly fans are diehard, man. Day in and day out. Like, you cannot say nothing bad about the football team, the basketball <laughs> team, the hockey team, or they'll have your head, you know. So, and, but that makes you want to play in a city like this, you know, and play for a team like this and, and want to win. Do people tell you about the fans before you get here or, or as you get here? Oh, no. Actually, you know, just playing here a few times, seeing them uh, outside the stadium and everything like that, tailgating super early in the morning. It's just like, the, these fans are about their business, man. I believe, I believe players appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I believe that when you lose in other cities, fans disappear. When you lose in Philly, they're going to stay and they're going to let you know that they are not happy with the way you're playing. But that's cool because they're still in the seats. They're mm -hmm. still, they want, it means a lot to Philadelphia for the sports teams to win in this town. Absolutely. Did you grow up a sports fan? Uh, yeah, I did grow up a sports fan. I was actually a Peyton Manning fan when he was uh, with the Colts, so that was one of my favorite teams to watch. Where were you born? I was actually born in uh, Kingston, Jamaica. Right. And uh, Came here at six years old. Yep, came here when I was six, grew up in the, uh, Pensacola in the Panhandle. Um, went to high school there, did everything there, and that's how I ended up at Illinois. So I did some research, and I found this. Um, International Association of Athletics Federation. So was that you? Is that you? Yeah. Born in Jamaica? Yes, sir. So you were running 400-meter races? Oh, no, no, no. That's not me. That's, is that a different Akeem Spence? Yeah, that has to be. Yeah, no, really? No, nah, not me. Nah. You were never a sprinter? No, nah, I wish. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, the, re, the other research is you did 37 reps of 225 pounds in the, at the combine. No, nah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I don't, who, who the heck is that Akeem Spence? Then? I have no idea. Were you born I, in 1989? No, nah, I was a 91 baby. Okay. <laughs> wow, you got, you got Doppelanger out there. Who's somebody's, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, when did football become your thing? Uh, man, pretty much uh, when I first played him, one of my best friends, he took me out in the fourth grade, and I, I, I didn't know what football was, never heard of it, you know, because in Jamaica I played soccer growing up, so that was my, like, my favorite sport. And just went out there one day, you know, seeing everybody hitting one another, I was like, I can do this. <laughs> you know, I liked it, and then it just became year after year after year after year. I signed, my dad signed me up for it, and then... I mean, once I got learned in high school that, hey, if you're good at this game, you can go to school for free. And, and you know, doing that, wanting to help my father out and everything like that. So, I mean, I just took football hmm. and just ran with it every possible, every possible way you can think of. That's awesome. And have you always been a defensive lineman? Yeah, man. <laughs> no, there's no glory there. There's no, no ball carrying, no nothing. I started out at running back, but then I kept getting bigger year after year. So it's just I ate my way into the <laughs> defensive line room. Uh, Akeem, the, one of the cool things that I read about you, we're going to get five questions with Akeem Spence here in just a moment. But in your bio, you talk about wanting to be a snowboarder. Um, now, there are not many 300-pound snowboarders out there. Okay. Have you, in fact, ever snowboarded? Yes. You have snowboarded. Yeah. And, and many, and, and, and good luck, because I I'm a, have raised a family of snowboard, like extreme yeah. snowboarders. What is it about snowboarding? The freedom of being on the, first <laughs> of all, I, I do not want to be on a hill watching you come down at 303 pounds. <laughs> No, man, it's just the freedom of just being out there, and especially if you're out there with a good group of guys. So I know, like, in Detroit one year, it was me, Haloti, and the Haloti Nada went yeah. on it. He's a beast, man. You should see him. And we just went out there. Uh, we was actually in Park City, Utah. So we had some uh, good powder that day and everything, man. Just went out there and ripped some runs, man. Good for all you. Day. And you never worried about getting hurt? Nah. my you take first, lessons? Oh, yeah, my first time, uh, I was worried about it because uh, I took a class on the hill, and... Um. Let's say it didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you snowboard, you learn. You have to learn to fall. You fall for three straight days. You, you're 
That's your sore. bottom is your your tailbone is wrecked. Sore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an it's a cool feeling. If you had so you you raised you're a, a beach boy by by nature. If you had to pick a great beach day versus a beach a great snowboard day, which would you pick? I'm definitely going snowboard. Okay, I'm with you on that. Man. <laughs> All right, let's do some five questions with Akeem Smith. Let's get to know this guy. As the Eagles get ready for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, first time playing the Cowboys for the Eagles, you understand mm -hmm. that this is a rivalry that is second to none in the world of Philadelphia Eagles fans. You know that, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, five questions with Akeem Spence. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, be on time. Is that right? Yeah. Or early age, people told you that? Yeah, man. If you're on time, then you know, hey, you can get all the information that you need. And you're not missing anything. I like that. Uh, what is your go-to music before a game? Go-to music, definitely some uh, Future. Okay. Yeah, you said know. that. Yeah, you've yeah. been you've been on Future for a while. Yeah. Uh, specific meal you eat before a game? I always like to uh, if I can get it some uh, fettuccine pasta, some shrimp pasta, or hmm. something like that. And then how about after a game? What do you do after a game? Uh, how do you relax after a game? Uh, man, usually uh, probably a couple glasses of red wine. You know, I'm a red wine drinker and like a good meal. So either a steak or some uh, good fried chicken if huh. I can find it. Will you rush and watch football after you guys are done playing? Uh, no, nah, man. Usually I try to uh, spend some time with the family or my loved ones, whoever whoever okay. comes into town or whatever, and just try to give them the, uh, the rest of my day because, you know, they took time out of their day to come watch me and just, you know, just hang out with them and then obviously watch some football. I like TV. that. Your opinion of social media, Akeem? Man, social media is ruin, ruining the world. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. This is rare for a 27, soon to be 28 year old yeah. man to say this. Yeah, man. It's because uh, you spend so much time on it. You know, you see everybody on their phones, you know, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. It's, it's, it's nonstop, you know. And I feel like, you know, people, they don't know how to go out and speak to anybody anymore. You know, people meet people on social media nowadays. So it's just like. It's you just interesting. Yeah, you just lose that auto conversation. You're like an old soul because that's what every old, that's what all the old people like me feel the same way. I actually feel that for people your age, it's very difficult because my kids are your age. It's very difficult. Like, you have to live up to your social media image. That's insane. Yeah, and it's, social media is not real. It's not real. Yeah, man. It's, it's okay, good Definitely. stuff. So, are you, you are on Instagram, though, right? Yeah, yes, I am. What, what, what's the uh, Instagram handle? Is uh, uh, A Spence underscore 97. Okay, and then Twitter is at Akeem Spence. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and then, if not football, what would you be doing professionally? Uh, if not football, like I said, uh, either my broadcasting or my analyst, something with my communications. And uh, also, I'm into like real estate and everything like that. And um, besides that, man, just uh, spending time with my family and my little brothers and just. That's awesome. And being they all become brother. Eagles fans. You get the, they all have Eagles. Have they been to Lincoln Financial Field? No, they have not. Okay. So I'm like, I definitely got to get them up here for a game and uh, let them see what the hype is all about. The hype know? is all. By the way, for broadcasting, I got to tell you this, Akeem. If you really look around the media, national media, you will notice how many former members of the Philadelphia Eagles are on TV. This is a breeding ground mm. for broadcasting, whether it's going to NFL films. If you've ever checked, if you've ever checked the building out, it's 20 minutes away. It is an awesome, like, just a pantheon of NFL history with all the broadcast capabilities there. People come from Philadelphia, from the Philadelphia Eagles, and they land on TV. Mm -hmm. So if you ever want to do that, man, I think no, that you should, you should try to take advantage while you're in Philadelphia. Definitely. What is the biggest challenge of being an NFL player? Oh, man, just... uh. Dealing with all the expectations uh, day in and day out, man. And, uh, you know, just that, that's that's pretty much it, man. Just trying to 
you know, get better each each and every day. And it's just, you know, some some days are tougher than others, but you know, you just you keep working. And and this, how's the body feel after a football game? Oh, uh, the body's definitely wrecked, but you know, you you know, you have your routine. So me for me, it's definitely a massage Monday morning after the game. You know, two hours, and then you know, you go through the week, you work out, just break up some of that lactic acid and then you know by Wednesday you start to feel better and then you know you get your mojo back and then crank it up on Sunday. Dallas Cowboys is a primetime game. What do you do all day before the game? Man, you just uh, kick your feet up, watch some of the games that are on TV, and then, you know, look at your iPad, go over your notes and everything, just making sure you're, you're hitting on on all cylinders on all the calls. And then, you know, when it comes time, you know, to go in uh, AT&T Stadium and take care of business, then, you know, you go out and do what you do Nicely best. Nicely done. Did you feel welcome to Philadelphia right away as soon as you got into the Eagles locker room? Absolutely, man. The, uh, the guys, they made it easy. Fletch, Vinny, guys in the D-line room, just the whole team, honestly. Uh, Coach Peterson, Jim, it's, it's like everybody in the building is, you know, they're nice. You know, uh, they're just willing to work with you. So it's, it, they made it real easy. Yeah, man. Well, we hope for great things to continue with you. Uh, it's been nice to meet you. Um, and uh, let's keep it going, man. Absolutely. Akeem Spence, we thank you so much for joining us here yeah. on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Spagnuolo comes out of the game, and now Wilbur Montgomery comes in. Eagles tried to give the Cowboys a new look on that first down. They had put Wilbur on the field and brought him back. Second down and 10, the Cowboys with six defensive backs. Jaworski. Gives off inside, running with Montgomery up the right side. The 30, 25, 40, 15, 10, touchdown! Robert Montgomery! Montgomery explodes at the right side, and the Eagles have scored first. Jaworski went for Montgomery, and Robert Gavitt, 42 yards for a touchdown. The block, Woody Pinkles and Jerry Sizemore, and the Eagles have struck. Next up on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese, who knows this Eagles-Cowboys rivalry so well. It's time to get real in the NFC East, a battle for first place, one-on-one with Ike Reese. Ike, here we are, the 3-3 three and three Philadelphia Eagles. What's your make uh, on this football team? What do you think, 3-3? Three and three? Well, I mean, listen, considering the circumstances of not having a lot of the parts that they expected to have on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. Uh, we obviously would like to be better than 3-3, three and three, but it's not as bad as it may feel right now. Fortunately, no one in the division is running away, so you still got that goal in front of you where you can win the division. And the fact that you're going to get guys back right over the next few weeks should bode well for this team being able to play better football as the season goes along. Yeah, but Ike, it wasn't supposed to be like this. It was supposed to be a romp. This team was supposed to romp. The, the NFL, it never follows the blueprint. Yeah, and, and, and you've been around this game long enough, Spurs, to know that um, the, the season never plays out the way you anticipated playing out, right? And you look around the league, there are some teams that aren't necessarily playing up to the level, and a lot of people expected them to, the Eagles being one of them. You know, the Eagles came into the season a favorite of a lot of different experts to at least represent this division and possibly this conference in the Super Bowl. Um, and those things are still attainable. They are still attainable. Uh, I think back to last year, right? You know, New England sitting at three and two. They wind up going on to win the Super Bowl. Dallas sitting at three and five. They wind up winning this division, making it to the second round. Eagles even sputtering along last year. Fortunate to get in. They win a playoff game. 
the main thing, the key thing, I believe, is is that the Eagles have to get to a point where they aren't beating themselves. You know, if the other team is just better than you, they have better players, that's fine. But when you have self-inflicted wounds, it makes it hard to overcome. Ike, the defense, uh, obviously without some key pieces. And let's talk about the linebackers. Zach Brown gone, Nigel Bradham very questionable to play in this game. So you're looking at Nate Gary, you're looking at Camus Grugier-Hill, you're looking at TJ Edwards, you're looking at some players who don't have that high-end pedigree. So what do the Eagles do? I tell you what, Dave, I'm kind of excited to see what these young guys are going to do. I think um, Nate Gary has surprised a lot of us being the playmaker that he is. T.J. Edwards, a guy I like when the Eagles got him, you know, out of Wisconsin, watching him play. If nothing else, he's going to be around the football. So you got to like that. And Camus, I've always said he's a faster version of what I was as a player. (laughs) And so I'm certainly excited to see him get out there. You know what? Every once in a while, when young guys are sort of pressed into a situation – they're going to show you what they are. They're either going to fold and, and, and not be able to handle it or they're going to rise to the occasion. I like the fact that Nate Gary has been pressed into action this year. He's come up with big plays. I think Camus, when he was pressed into action last year, was able to make plays. And T.J. Edwards, I mean, follow these guys' lead, the guys that are in front of you. Go out there. You can't be any worse than what was already out there. And here's the key thing for them. They get a chance to show that they belong in this league. And so uh, I'm excited to see them fly around, run around, making plays. Hopefully they're in that playbook, right? Because that's the thing you worry about with young guys is mental mistakes and being unprepared. Um, But as far as the physical part of it, I think they all have the ability to be out there. Two or three keys to beating Dallas. Fast start. You know, that's been the main thing that's plagued this team. And that's on either side of the ball. If you're out there on defense, we got to be able to get off the field on that first series. Offense, let's go down and get some points earlier or at least move the ball, change field position. And then make Dallas earn everything. You know, that, that was the, probably the most discouraging thing against the Vikings from a defensive standpoint is that the big plays. You know, you just can't have that. That's demoralizing as a defense. Make Dallas earn everything. If they can contain Ezekiel Elliott, I'm not going to sit here and say Dak Prescott can't beat you because he certainly evolved as a quarterback in this league. But I'm, I like my chances a lot better if I'm able to contain Ezekiel Elliott and make that offense a one-dimensional offense. And then here's probably the biggest thing because this game's going to come down to this in my opinion. It'll be a close game in the fourth quarter. We got to start winning some of these games. We got to start winning these close games in the fourth quarter. That means you have to, you have to be able, when that opportunity presents itself, make the plays. Offensively, defensively, it's going to be a close game. Find a way to win the close game on the road. And Ike, it is Dallas week, and that is special, and it's first place in the division on the line. Yep. Um, so it's kind of been a fun week. It, it really has. I mean, obviously, we anticipated both teams being a little better than what they are right now, but both teams are limping a little bit. But it's still the Cowboys. It's still the favorite rivalry of this fan base, and we know we all get our juices going when it's time to meet up. Can't wait till Sunday night. Thanks, Ike. No, no problems, buds. It is second and goal from the six. Under center, Bledsoe, Glenn in motion, Bledsoe back, he looks, fires for the end zone, intercepted, intercepted, running with the football down the left sideline to the 50, it's 40, 30, 20, it's Lito Shepard raising the ball as he dives into the end zone, he dives into the end zone, reminiscent of the Eagles win over the Cowboys 
when James Willis picked off Troy Aikman in the end zone. A 102-yard return of an interception by Lito Shepard. What a way to seal it with 16 seconds left. And they are celebrating. And why not? It's party time in Philadelphia. We thank Doug Peterson, Akeem Spence, and Ike Reese for their time here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. And, of course, thanks to Peter Kelly for all of the great work that he does putting this together. Thanks to you for reliving some of these wonderful moments here. Eagles, Cowboys, the rivalry that transcends all others. We're back on Sunday night with the Eagles Insider Podcast instant reaction from AT&T Stadium. The winner is in first place in the NFC East, all alone after seven games. A reminder, it is a primetime game on NBC10 in Philadelphia. Make sure you tune in at 8.20 for the game. Prior to that, we've got the kickoff show presented by Exalta here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our official team app and our social media channels live from AT&T Stadium and the NovaCare Complex. And then we've got the post-game show presented by Rico with the reaction from the team. And then make sure you're with me, the Instant Reaction Podcast, following that. So a lot to get to on Sunday, the second of three road games for the Philadelphia Eagles, none bigger than this. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly.